0: Welcome to Hypnotic History, the podcast about 20th century life in the United States. I'm Ashley. I'm Wendy.
1: And I'm Logan.
0: And today we're talking about Silly Putty. So, Wendy, I hope... That you had silly putty money, because silly putty doesn't cost very much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, sometimes, yes. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There were those rough times yes. when we had no well, silly putty. like, when we went to the store and stuff, um, we usually knew not to ask for anything, because, you know, you, you don't ask for stuff, but on the rare times that we did get things... Um, We were in the Silly Putty tax bracket like that and other toys in that price range. Yeah. Um, So Silly Putty was one of the things that I was able to get.
0: I want Silly Putty tax bracket to become a (laughs) label. And I think that's especially apropos with the economy where it is right now that we could create the Silly Putty. Well, we're not creating the tax bracket, but we're just naming it. This is the Silly Putty tax bracket. I
2: I think right now I would love to be in the Silly Putty tax bracket.
0: Oh right wow, now. you're yep. not even as high as silly putty No, I
2: have seven jobs right now and I would I would love to be in the silly putty tax bracket. We
0: can only dream. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan, uh when I was talking to you about silly putty and how we were gonna do a silly putty episode, you had a guess about where you thought silly putty came from.
1: Oh, it was the military. All 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 the best stuff comes from like military achievements.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that you said that, because that's actually exactly right. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) We're we're trying to
1: create a bomb or something. Wow.
0: Fortunately, we were not creating a bomb. Oh. But uh, it was a military uh, experiment that led to Silly Putty. During World War II, Japan had invaded Far East countries who had previously been a source of natural rubber for the United States. So, obviously, we were short on rubber or naturally occurring rubber, I guess. So the War Production Board asked American companies to start investigating ways to create synthetic rubber, and one of these companies was General Electric. General Electric was already interested in using silicon to create synthetic rubber because it could replace the carbon in rubber, which was flammable, uh, and this was important to them because they were using rubber as insulation for electric wiring, so definitely... Uh, a way of using rubber where you don't want to be using something flammable. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So silicon was great because it not only gave you a source of potentially synthetic rubber, uh, they hadn't cracked that yet, but if they could achieve that, it would give them a source of synthetic rubber. But also this rubber wouldn't have the carbon element that was flammable. One of the wartime applications for synthetic rubber would actually become wire insulation for electric submarines.
2: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. So during these experiments to produce synthetic rubber, what would later be known as Silly Putty was invented by chemical engineer James Gilbert Wright by mixing boric acid and silicone oil. The putty had a lot of interesting attributes. It didn't decay. It was water resistant. It could withstand extreme cold without cracking and extreme heat without melting. You could sculpt it. You could shape it, bounce it, or press it against print to pick up text and images. Names for this invention at GE included Nutty Putty. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Bouncing Putty. And Bouncing Blubber. Mm -mm. Uh... (laughs) Not sold? No. However, GE wasn't really interested in it. It was cool. It did a lot of things. It had a lot of qualities that they wanted. But unfortunately, it didn't do the things that they wanted it to do. It had a lot of great qualities, but it just wasn't what they wanted. So they held a contest amongst their engineers to find a practical use for it. They also sent samples to scientists around the world trying to find a practical use for it. And when people would visit GE, they were often shown the substance and asked what their thoughts were. (laughs) So there were a lot of people thinking about this. (laughs) Unfortunately, none of these methods produced any usable ideas. So, which I think is weird because I feel like silly putty is really versatile. It could be used for a lot of things. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And we'll talk about some of the things that people have discovered later on um, after Silly Putty started being marketed as a toy. So there are definitely practical uses for it. Uh, And I'm kind of suspicious of GE engineers whose whole job is to make things work in practical ways, and they couldn't think of a good use for it.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, in 1948, uh, while everyone was still brainstorming ideas for bouncing putty, GE A GE engineer went to a party straight from work, so he still had a glob of what was being called bouncing putty with him. He showed it off at the party, and one of the people at that party was Ruth Fallgatter, who was a toy store owner, and she suggested that it could be used as a toy. Her guest to the party was Peter Hodgson, who worked for an ad agency and also saw the substance's potential. When Fallgatter and Hog- Hodgson... His name's going to come up so much, and I'm going to wreck it every time. <laughs> when they met up to create her toy store's holiday catalog shortly after the party, they decided to include Bouncing Putty in the catalog. It was listed on the same page as a spaghetti-making machine and a toy steamroller, by oh, the wonderful. way.
1: All three, perfect combination.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> put all of them together.
0: I have never heard of a toy steamroller. Yeah, I'm not sure what you would do with that.
1: I guess it'd be like a toy Tonka truck for that time period. Like... Yeah,
0: or like a... a Well, I was going to say a forklift, but I don't know if there are toy forklifts. Mm. A, um, oh, I'm so, my brain turned off. The mechanical equipment that picks up things and lifts them in the bucket on the front.
1: In loader? No. No.
0: I, I, my brain's blanking. We are not construction
2: people. No, we're not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, well, you know, one of those things, I guess toy steamroller kind of, uh. Went along those lines. Uh, Bouncing putty was marketed not as a toy for children, though. It was marketed as a gift idea for adults. Oh, wow. The ad copy read, do a thousand nutty things with bouncing putty. (laughs) (laughs) Comes in a handy, clear plastic case bouncing putty by the way ended up being one of the top sellers for that catalog but even though it was really popular fall gatter kind of lost interest in stocking it in her shop and this may have been partially because they didn't have a source for it if you were going to keep it in your shop and you're the only person selling it then you would have to find a way to manufacture it and i guess she just wasn't interested in it even though it seemed like it was doing pretty well so hodgson decided he was on the case she wasn't interested anymore but he was going to make this work at the time he was twelve thousand dollars in debt and looking for a money maker so this may have played a huge role in why he didn't want to give up on silly putty oh, this yeah. would be a way for him to get in the red again or wait is red get bad in the black get in the black, yeah. <laughs> in the black. Red, a- <laughs> is red is dead yeah i'm also not an economist. <laughs> <laughs> Hodgson entered into an agreement with GE and he spent $147, in borrowed money, by the way, to purchase a large quantity of bouncing putty from them. He then hired students from Yale University to separate the massive putty into one ounce balls and package them in plastic eggs. That's a great use of people going to Yale University. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Definitely the elite Ivy League schools all, you know, side hustling by yeah. splitting silly putty. <laughs>
0: He also changed the name from Bouncing Putty to Silly Putty, since it could do much more than bounce. Mm. Silly Putty cost Hodgson seven dollars a pound, and he sold it for a dollar an ounce. Oh wow! So I think he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. You may wonder why does Silly Putty come in eggs? Because that's originally what he had these Yale University students putting the silly putty into and even today if you buy silly putty it comes in an egg Mm -hmm.
1: i was gonna say the one we had was in a little red shaped egg container Uh
0: uh-huh do you have any guesses as to why he might have done this
1: because that's what he had
0: (laughs) actually yeah (laughs) that is a big part of it um he used plastic eggs because they were inexpensive And they were also convenient and a good marketing ploy because around the time that he was doing this, it was Easter season. So there were a lot of eggs around. They were cheap. And he was able to sort of market it as like an Easter time novelty, I guess. He later told the New Yorker, Easter eggs being so unimaginative, I decided to combine my putty with Easter and give them both a lift.
2: Hmm.
0: Are Easter eggs unimaginative?
2: (laughs) It depends. I mean, are they empty? I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> the first batches of Silly Putty were shipped to retailers in surplus egg boxes from the Connecticut Cooperative Poultry Association. Oh, wow. I just think that's adorable. <laughs> Hodgson took his Silly Putty to the 1950 New York World's Fair, but nobody really seemed very interested in it. So he turned to other uh, people who might stock it and found that Doubleday Bookstores were willing. Hodgson remembers one manager reported that it was the biggest thing in the shop since Forever Amber and Peyton Place. Hmm. Now, I know what Peyton Place is, but have you all ever heard of a book series called Forever Amber? No. I
1: got nothing on that.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have to look into this. It might be something good for uh, another episode. Another early adopter of Silly Putty... Was a store that you will probably never guess. Neiman Marcus. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) But keep in mind that Silly Putty at this point wasn't a child's toy, it was marketed as sort of a novelty gift for adults to give other adults. That makes sense. So I guess it makes sense that it might be in a place like Neiman Marcus. A few months later, in August of 1950, a writer for The New Yorker discovered Silly Putty and wrote a thousand word article about it for the magazine's Talk of the Town section. Within three days of the article's publication, orders for Silly Putty grew to more than (laughs) $250,000. And by Christmas of that year, orders neared one million. 32 million boxes of Silly Putty netting around $5 million in sales were sold in the first five years in the U.S., Europe, India, and South Africa.
1: All right. Look, I really, (laughs) (laughs) because like I've, I've played with Silly Putty and I get it. It's fun, but like, this is insane.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) This is okay. This is the early 1950s. What are you going to play with? I
1: guess. I don't know. It's Silly
0: Putty or Lincoln Logs. What do you choose? (laughs) It's a good point. Actually, I might choose Lincoln Logs. I'm going to pick the Lincoln Logs. Yeah. (laughs) But when I get bored with my Lincoln Logs, what am I going to turn to? That's
1: true. You're going to combine the two.
0: Maybe. I don't even know if gyroscopes existed at this point or a slinky. Those might have even come later. Mm. So, yeah, I think Silly Putty... It's a decent thing, and at this point too, um, I think it was around the fifties that children started getting interested in silly putty. They, I guess, maybe their parents had it, and then they found it. Of course, because children's get in children's <laughs> children get into everything, um, so it became more and more popular as a toy for children, which makes so much more sense than as a gift for adults. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, around this time also, they had to build an additional factory in Frankfurt, Germany to handle all of the overseas demand for Silly Putty. Wow. I would like to know what Silly Putty was called in other languages. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to look that up. We might share that on Instagram. Part of Silly Putty's popularity, in addition to its novelty, by the way, was its use of science. So I think that that kind of plays into that time period as well, because some of the other products we've looked at in other episodes were also popular in the mid-century and in the decades leading up to it, because they were scientifically novel. People were interested in uh, technological breakthroughs and scientific stuff, so... Uh, and a good example of that is Bakelite. We have an episode about Bakelite, which was this uh, synthetic plastic that they used to make all sorts of things. And eventually people started thinking, oh, Bakelite looks cheap. Uh, we don't want it anymore. But at first it was super popular. Because
1: it was the new thing.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It's just this technological marvel. And I think that Silly Putty benefited in a similar way. Oh, Yeah. Yeah um the korean war by the way almost killed silly putty oh wow (laughs) during the korean war the government placed controls on defense related materials like silicone and that severely limited the amount of silly putty that could be manufactured so one one of the many casualties of war yeah (laughs) when silly putty was revived after the korean war it started being marketed to children and sold in toy stores Silly Putty's television ads were actually, uh, amongst the first commercials aimed at children. Oh, because I guess before this, we didn't have a lot of commercials aimed towards children. They're not the ones with money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they can be annoying enough to, to persuade. the with yeah. money. Huh? Yes. <laughs>
1: that, I, I'm convinced that's gotta be what happened. They're like, you know, if you get the kids bugging the mom and dad, eventually they'll, they'll, they'll break down and buy it.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, Even though today's packaging, by the way, says that Silly Putty is for people aged four to forever, which is adorable. (laughs) Hodgson didn't think that children under seven should be using it because he was afraid that they'd either swallow it or that they would get it in their hair. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Under seven... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say definitely under five.
1: You have to taste it. got to see yeah. what it's all about. You to try
0: it. It does look delicious. <laughs> I like how shiny it is. It is very shiny, yes. <laughs> and I do have... Okay, I'll admit, I have this weird thing about uh, chewing things that are not fu- food. Um, I know Wendy's giving me a look. <laughs> what? Uh, I like to chew on like rubber bands. I like to chew on pencil erasers. And I have chewed on Silly Putty.
2: Wow. You think you know someone. I know.
0: Hmm. It's not. uh, The Silly Putty is not as satisfying as you would think it would be. (laughs) I don't recommend it. It looks so good. (laughs) Wow. But it's not. Don't burst your bubble. Uh, There is actually, by the way, a controversy about who actually invented Silly Putty. Uh, Because... Earl Warwick and R.R. R. McGregor claim that they invented it while working for Mellon Institute. They patented their invention on December 2nd, 1947, through Dow Corning Corporation, hmm. while Gilbert White patented his on February 13th, 1951. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit over two years later, or three years later, I can't do math, um, through General Electric. Work says he created silly putty while also engaged in an attempt to make silicone rubber. So they discovered it while doing the same thing. He mixed boric acid with an oily material called Corning 200 fluid. Mm.
1: Sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and this difference made the components separate in water. So his wasn't as good, I guess, because you can get silly putty wet. Oh but yeah. But his, if you put it in water, it would just separate. Hmm. They couldn't find much of a use for it, so they kept it around as a toy or novelty. Quote, to astound visitors by bouncing it off the ceilings and walls of our laboratories, we kept it around as a laboratory curiosity. The company made some and gave it to salesmen to show around. Now, here the plot thickens because, much like Silly Putty, it thickens, (laughs) because Warwick also claims that Dow Corning was the one to show their product to Peter Hodgson who oh. later marketed it uh, and sold it as Silly Putty. Interesting. Warwick says, one smart thing was he copyrighted the name. A copyright goes on forever. Our patent was only good for 17 years. It didn't serve Dow Corning to try to market it because their patent would have run out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, adi- or sorry, additionally, the formula for Silly Putty could have easily been altered in certain ways. So that anybody could have really sold it. So even if you had the rights to it, because you could make certain changes to the formula and it would still be essentially the same product, they felt like there would be too much competition
2: mm-hmm.
0: from other people selling a slightly different, like technically legally different, but pretty much the same product. Um, so it'd be hard to make it exclusive and lucrative and changing the formula was what Gilbert Wright accidentally did in his own lab. So Gilbert Wright and his creation that eventually became marketed as Silly Putty is a great example of how you could change the formula slightly and it would still be essentially the same thing. Warwick says, They did it five years after we did, but because they did it by a different route, they got their patent. Warwick, by the way, keeps a can of the original putty in its original canister at his home. Unfortunately, GE does not have a sample of their original bouncing putty. Oh. Yeah. So you can see uh, the original... uh, I almost said the original knockoff, but I guess that's an (laughs) oxymoron. Uh, You can see...
1: The original fake one. The original (laughs)
0: fake, yeah. My take on this is that Warwick did not really invent silly putty because silly putty is water resistant and his is water soluble yeah so he created something a lot like it and uh the person who actually ended up making what was marketed as silly putty he actually uh did it right yeah so i think he does deserve credit
2: i would agree with that statement
0: and they were doing they were doing kind of the same thing but separate of each other, so it's not like one person copied off the other person either, right? So he's just got—I um, don't know—he's just jealous, I guess. <laughs> when Hodgson died in 1976, his estate was worth 140 million dollars. Wow! That, wow. by the way, is the equivalent of around 590 million dollars today. My hmm. goodness. So he did really well for someone who was originally $12,000 in debt. Uh, yeah. Imagine how much silly putty that is. Where does it all go? Acres. Where is it? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you Maybe that's the microplastics we're getting today. I mean, <laughs> <it's>,
0: that <laughs> is hundreds of millions of ounces of silly putty that had to have been sold. Where is it? Why don't we just see it everywhere, everywhere. we go today? Uh. Every
1: estate sale just. Gallons yes. of silly putty.
0: I'm sure it's rotting in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Uh and, and you know what? An estate sale is a good point because we've been, all three of us have been to lots of thrift shops mm-hmm. and antique stores and such. I've never seen silly putty. I see all sorts of weird things, but not silly putty. Never. Uh-uh. Huh. That is very good. Where where is it going? Somebody needs to write a fiction. About how all the discarded silly putty became sentient somehow and they formed their own little society.
1: (laughs) The FBI is recollecting it for some nefarious purpose. Ooh,
0: I like that one too. Or I think
2: parents just got aggravated, moms got tired of cleaning it up and it ended up in the trash can.
0: Are you speaking from experience? Yes, I
2: am. (laughs) Yes, I really am.
0: Uh... By the way, if you wonder where Silly Putty went as a company after its marketer died, Benny and Smith, who invented Crayola Crayons, purchased Silly Putty a year after Hodgson's death, and they now produce it in the same factory as Crayola Crayons. Oh, cool. This is a huge coincidence, by the way, because Crayola Crayons were the only product that outsold Silly Putty when it was first offered in the Block Shop toy catalog. (laughs) So when it was first put in that catalog, um, it outsold every single thing except for Crayola Crayons. And now they are produced in the same factory by the same company. Silly Putty, by the way, was available originally in a peachy color. But during the 60s, other colors became available. And in 1990, fluorescent colors were added. Oh. If you would like some glow in the dark silly putty, you're also in luck because this has been around since 1991. That's the one I want. I want that <laughs> yeah. one. I think I've seen metallic silly putty as well.
1: I want a I want a barrel of glow in the dark silly putty.
0: What are you going to do with it?
1: I don't know. Build build a sculpture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that glows in the dark. Yes. A sculpture yes. of what?
1: I don't know. Something to symbolize
0: world peace. An egg. Something An egg to world peace. <laughs> Oh, wow. 300 million eggs of Silly Putty have been sold since 1950, which equals 4,500
2: tons. Oh, wow. That's a lot.
0: Yeah. Someday we're going to find uh, mass flooding being due to the amount of Silly Putty in the ground preventing water from Mm -hmm. getting down to the water table and completing the cycle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Silly Putty will be the end of us all. Yes. Uh, By the way, it uh, is still sold for a dollar an egg, which is what it was originally sold for. I think in the block shop toy catalog, it was $2, but once it stopped being sold out of the toy shop, um, Hodgson sold it for a dollar an egg, and each egg held an ounce. Today, you can still buy it for a dollar, but it only contains half an ounce. Mm. So you don't get as much putty as you used to. But I still think a dollar is pretty good. Oh, yeah. The formula for Silly Putty is also still the same. However, if you try to pick up newspaper print using it, you'll find uh, that in most cases this no longer works. That is not because Silly Putty changed, that's because newspapers changed. Okay. They largely use non transferable ink now. Okay. Which makes me sad. I remember using it on the Sunday color comic strips when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, that was my favorite thing to do with Silly Putty. Yeah.
0: You might still be able to do it on certain print, but most newspapers it won't work anymore. <laughs> Smithsonian's National Museum of American History, of course, displays Silly Putty in their permanent collection. Museum archivist John A. Fleckner says it is, quote, a case case study of invention, business and entrepreneurship and longevity. It really is amazing that a toy that is so simple has had this much staying power. And sold this much. Oh, yeah. I, I can't agree. get over
1: how much it sold. That is, that is wild.
0: Yeah. Someday it's going to rise up and get us all. There's <laughs> some, there is something going on with Silly Putty. I just know it. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up by playing a game, as I am wont to do. Oh, yes. I'm going to read you some statements about Silly Putty, and I want you to tell me whether each one is true or false. Mechanics have used Silly Putty to clean equipment. True. 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 Dry cleaners have used Silly Putty as a lint remover.
1: True. True.
0: True. I kind of want to try this, but then I think, would it ruin the putty?
1: Mm. Yeah, it would absorb. You'd never get it out. Like, eventually, it would just be all cloth.
0: But can you rinse
2: it with water and get the lint off the putty? I
0: don't know. I wonder if you can boil Silly Putty because earlier... We talked about how Silly Putty was heat resistant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So maybe you could boil the fibers out. I bet you could. Or just set it on fire <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> I
2: don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you should burn things <laughs> that have chemicals in them. That's true.
0: Yeah. But I do wonder how it holds up to fire.
2: I'm going to let you figure
0: that okay. one out. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, how about this? Silly Putty used the Korean War to up its sales. Mm, no. No. Well, this one is kind of true. Mm. Hodgson was a really great salesman, and as evidenced by the fact that he had been working at an ad agency. And at one point during the Korean War, he pitched that Silly Putty could be used as a stress toy for nervous people and that it was a good way for people to take their minds off of, quote, family difficulties mm. in Korea. Okay. So if you're stressed about the war, get some Silly Putty.
2: Yep, that should do it.
0: Silly Putty chewing gum was sold during the 90s.
1: Um, No.
2: False. No. Yeah, I feel like that's something you would want.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Silly Putty can be used to stabilize wobbly furniture.
2: True. Yes.
0: Yes, this was one of the ideas pitched at GE and later used by Hodgson. Silly putty was almost used to create a new kind of yo-yo.
1: Um, false. Yeah, false.
0: It is false. Silly putty was almost used in golf balls. True. 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 Silly putty was, uh, as a golf ball center, was another one of the original ideas pitched at GE. Hmm. Silly putty is used to train athletes. True. True. It is true. Hodgson pitched Silly Putty as a way for athletes to strengthen their hands and forearms, and football player Raymond Berry famously used it to improve his grip. Hmm. Pilots learned that Silly Putty can be used for hearing protection. False.
1: True. False. Uh.
0: Silly Putty put children in the hospital. True. 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 As Hodgson feared, kids chewed Silly Putty and hospitals had an interesting time trying to determine if it was uh, toxic. Oh, yeah. The verdict, by the way, is that you can chew and even swallow Silly Putty as it contains nothing toxic. However, you should know that swallowing it may have other ill effects on the body <laughs> because it might become lodged somewhere. So yes. I do not recommend. Yes. Uh, also, again, don't recommend chewing it is not as satisfying as you would think <laughs> it would be. There is a Silly Putty cookbook. False. False. That is false. Silly Putty went to outer space. True. True. Yes, it is true. In 1968, Apollo 8 astronauts, uh, who were the first to orbit the moon, took it to space in a sterling silver egg. It was used to hold tools in place. Hmm. The same experiments that created Silly Putty led to an invention used in plastic surgery.
1: True. True. True.
0: True. In its experiments with silicone, GE also ended up creating a silicone gel that we know best for its use as a surgical enhancement. Oh, So, Silly Putty has something in common with that, which is interesting. That is interesting. (laughs) New Haven, Connecticut, the birthplace of Silly Putty, has Putty Alley, where people can stick their putty creations to the wall for all to see. True. True. This is false. Oh, But again... Should be a thing. Yes, I agree. Zoos have used silly putty. True. 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 The Columbus Zoo in Ohio used it to make molds of gorilla paws for educational purposes. Artists have used silly putty.
1: Oh, true. True.
0: Yes. Artist George Horner used silly putty canvases for some of his paintings. So he wasn't sculpting. He was literally painting on the putty. He'd make it into a canvas. That's neat. Yeah. They're kind of, they're interesting looking. People can go look those up. Um, So with all the things that Silly Putty does, Bouncing Putty, its original name, is definitely not the best name for it. So I agree. You need to change it. But do you all think Silly Putty is the best name?
2: Mm, I don't think it really holds up to what it does, no.
1: Uh, It's probably the best option. Is it
0: particularly silly?
1: No, it's not really silly, but... Uh, well, I don't know. Compared, there was really nothing else on the market beforehand. It would seem a little silly. You're going to take this substance and slap it on a newspaper?
0: You're in the pocket of big putty. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh What about, like, fun putty? Fun putty's
2: kind of neat.
1: Fun
0: I putty's that. pretty good, yeah. Thank you. What other names can we think of?
2: I don't know. I think if we were catering it to adults maybe like stress putty
0: Ooh, that's good because you
2: know they could use it when they're stressed out as like a little stress Mm -hmm. reliever um i don't know
0: it could be stretchy putty it could be um, stretchy putty i don't know i'm thinking of all the different adjectives but silly i don't know i just don't feel like it's particularly silly silly's not for me Well, if anybody has any other good ideas for how Silly Putty should be rebranded to more accurately reflect Mm -hmm. its qualities, let us know. That's all for us today. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram by searching for Hypnotic.History or by clicking the link in the episode description.